This is the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Chris Schmedeke. Today, I am joined by Vinny Benedetto and Tyler King to break down all things Nuggets Suns as we head into Game 6. Stay tuned. Well, I have to say a lot has happened in the Nuggets Sun series since I talked I last talked to these two guys as we approach game 6 tomorrow night in Phoenix. So I'm joined by Vinny Benedetto and Vinny, is this the weirdest playoff series you've covered? Uh yeah, yeah, I think it's got to be. Um I wasn't officially on the beat in that uh Portland series that had the uh four overtime game a couple of years oh, yeah. ago. Um and wasn't technically on the beat for the bubble, even though I was covering it a bit. So yeah, I think this, or maybe it's just the most normal, you know, with, with every home team winning, but uh, yeah, it, it's somewhere in between. And, and and also joined by Tyler King, Tyler, what about you? You know, like Vinny said, I think the most normal thing about the series is every home team winning. Yeah. I mean, I, I said this to, I think Vinny and I, meant, I mentioned this in our pregame video last night, um, you know, the series, I guess, hasn't started yet because we're five games in and uh, <laughs> the home teams won all of them going back to that old adage of the series doesn't start till the road team wins. Well, I guess if uh, the Nuggets win in seven and the home team wins every game, then I guess we'll just restart the series. We'll just play it all back then and get all get some more craziness going with these two teams. I don't know if anyone can handle those seven games of these teams. I, I don't know if, if anyone can handle that. Uh, all right, so I will do a quick recap. Uh, we haven't talked since after game two when the Nuggets were up 2-0. Things have really changed in a way, in a way, but also the Nuggets are still in control of the series, up 3-2, going to game six. Uh, so games three and four, quick recap. Devin Booker doesn't miss any shots. Uh, both games, Nuggets are in both games, uh, have chances to win both games. We're leading in the third quarter in game four, Vinny, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they were winning that game. Uh but game three, you know, the Phoenix crowd is jacked. Phoenix wins. Game four, um, pretty close game throughout. Uh, the shot make, that's when Nicola goes for 53. I don't remember what Booker and Durant had. It was just a lot. And uh, they don't miss shots. That's also the Landry Shamit game where he comes off the bench and helps Phoenix win. Uh, I will just mention real quick, that's also the game with Jokic and Suns owner Matt Ishbia. But that is in the past and we're not going to discuss it. Then we go to game five last night here in Denver. A uh, Nuggets run out early, jump out to a pretty big lead. Phoenix comes back. Crowd, I'm sure you guys can attest to this, crowd gets a little nervous there probably in the second quarter. Phoenix takes the lead shortly, not for long. Uh, Nuggets up three and then blow Phoenix out in the second half to take a 3-2 lead. So that's where we're at. And Vinny, I'll ask you first. You were there last night. Uh, what did you see? What did you like? What did you dislike? Yeah, I think the thing that stands out is just the uh, the early defense allowing them to get out and run. I think they had 17 fast break points in the first quarter to to build that early lead. Didn't have any in the second quarter, so that felt like that was pretty telling in terms of just kind of the flow of the game where you you create the big lead by by getting out, getting stops, getting out and running. I think Contavious Caldwell Pope had a, had a lot to do with that early. I think he had two steals in the first quarter and, and like six rebounds. So I think he was really a catalyst for them getting out in transition, getting some of those easy buckets. He and got the dis- chain in the post game. He, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, that kind of disappeared in the second quarter and it becomes a game all of a sudden. And then third quarter, they get back to that, you know, Michael Malone's mantra for most of this season has be, been uh defend, rebound, run. 
they did that again in the third quarter, I guess for, for most of the second half. And, um, you know, I think that was key for, for the Nuggets being able to, to put that game away, you know, pretty early. And, and Tyler, I'll go to you because it, it seems like the Nuggets defense at home in this series and actually just through the playoffs has been pretty special. Yeah. Just in general, I think the Nuggets have just been really unbeatable at home. It's just, they've been, they've looked like a different team. I think I, like I've described them as like, they're the best team in the NBA at home and on the road, they're just pretty good. I mean, it's not like they're a disaster on the road, but it's, they're just not the same team they are at home. And it, it obviously starts with, with the defense, like you guys both mentioned and getting out in transition and, and, and things like that. But I mean, they were just forcing the, the game plan didn't change from game four games, three and four. They're still pretty intent on letting everyone, but Durant and Booker beat them. Obviously that hurt them in game four when we got the Landry Shamit game and, you know, guys like Terrence Raj and TJ Warren are starting to have, you know, impact on the series. But I, as we saw last night, you know, role players tend to struggle on the road and the Nuggets were willing to make that bet. And they held Durant and Booker to their lowest combined point total of the, the postseason. I think they combined for about 54 points last night. And, you know, in games three and four, they had, I think it was like 86 and 72 respectively in, yeah. in the two games they combined for. I mean, they were just going off. And last night it was just, they were just continuing to make it difficult on Booker and Durant. It seems like maybe for the first time all series, those guys are starting to feel the big minutes they've played, not just in this series, but you know, from the previous series and when they played the Clippers as well, you know, they're, they've clearly played the most minutes out of anybody in the postseason, And maybe it is starting to wear on them at this point. I think Durant may have played was going to play that whole game if he didn't get that fourth foul because he, he was played pretty the whole, close. He was pretty he close. The, I think he was going to be about two minutes. It was going to be about like forty four for Booker and forty five for Durant. But I mean, they both ended up just over forty. Um, but yeah, it, Durant was going to be close to forty six minutes. You know, I, w- I want to talk about Nicole and Jamal Murray, but I, I want to touch on. Some of the unsung guys for the Nuggets that really showed up last night and that, you know, Vinny, you mentioned KCP. Aaron Gordon is just the man in these playoffs on the defensive end. He does what he needs to do on the offensive end. Uh, Brucey B, as he's called, in the in the locker room was outstanding last night. So, you know, Vinny, what, what have you seen from, from these? I mean, these guys are not the stars. You know, they, all they do on the telecast is talk about the four stars, the two on each side. But, you know, these are the type of guys who can decide a playoff series. Yeah, I think the thing that stood out for me about Aaron, especially last night, was, you know, he really ramped up the level of physicality. You could tell in the first four or five minutes that he was going to bump Kevin Durant as much as they were going to allow. And he was just going to kind of read read out the officials in the first few minutes, see what he could he see what he could get away with, see what he couldn't. And uh, yeah, I mean, shots didn't fall, but he, you know, rebounded. He had six assists, which is kind of surprising to me. Um, and then, yeah, and then Bruce Brown, he's the, you know, I think he kind of, he would get the game ball last night. I think Tyler probably wrote about this where, you know, the Nuggets needed somebody to step up like Lonnie Walker did for the Lakers the night before. And and Bruce Brown was that guy. And there that bench is so much better when he is just playing downhill and attacking the rim. And he was pretty relentless in that regard last night. And, you know, if they can get one of those games out of him in game six, I think they'd have a chance to close this out on the road. Yeah, and Tyler, I was going to ask you about that. You know, this that has to translate to game six. Like, they have to play with that same intensity. And 
do you do you think they can do that in Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to come down to the bench if Denver is able to be the first road team to, to win a game in this series and, and avoid a game seven where obviously we know anything can happen, even if I think a lot of us would be confident in Denver winning at home in game seven. But it is going to come down to, to Bruce Brown, who, yeah, I wrote about last night. I mean, he, he was actually college teammates with Lonnie Walker. So he was, you know, rooting for him, cheering him on the night before and kind of got motivated a little bit by, by what he saw from, from Lonnie and it kind of fueled him to have a performance of his own. And I mean, you saw in that second half, he had 16 points. That was clearly one of the best, the best player the Nuggets had in the second half. And, you know, he was getting to the free throw line. I think it was a season high 10 free throw attempts. And like I said, bench players typically tend to struggle on the road, but if, the Nuggets are able to, to kind of replicate this and get the effort we saw from Christian Brown. Obviously, that 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 pick six steal that where he kind of went behind the back and then just beat Deb, uh, Kevin Durant to the rim for a dunk. That kind of was probably the dagger in the game. I, I would say um, kind of took the emotional wind out of uh, the Sun sails there. But if they're able to get even seventy five percent of what they got from Bruce. Christian and Jeff Green as well off the bench in game six. I think there's a good shot that the Nuggets could close it out in game six. You know, I heard Malone talk about possible changes in the rotation, but nothing changed, right? Like like he's sticking with the same stuff, it seems like. Yeah, and I think I think last night was, I think, the only chance for the rest of the series for there to be a rotation change. Uh, you know, Malone seems like a big uh, either – if it's not broken, don't fix it and or don't get bored with success guy. So I think he's going to run that that same eight man rotation out uh, tomorrow night in Phoenix. And even if that doesn't go well, I think he's going to come back home and say, hey, we've won all three of these home games pretty convincingly. Let's not let's not get too cute in game seven and throw a Peyton Watson or a Zeke Naji or Reggie Jackson or in one of the. I guess, traditional big. So I think we're going to see this eight-man rotation um, in both game six and, and a potential game seven. Which, you know what, the the guys are playing 40 minutes tomorrow. So, I mean, I, I'd have to imagine, like, in a game where they can close it out, they they don't want to go to a game seven. Those guys are playing 40 minutes. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., let's uh, go there. You know, I, I heard Malone and his uh, presser talk about how, like, you know, each quarter had its own star kind of for the Nuggets. Like, you know, MPJ was great in the first quarter. I don't know who you'd give it to in the second quarter. They were <laughs> not good in the second quarter. But then Nicola was great in the third. And then in the fourth, it was Bruce and, and Jamal Murray. You know, the Nuggets are best. I mean, and I'm sure, and, and Vinny, I'll go to you first on this. Like, when they are a complete team, they when Nicola scores 53, that's not the Nuggets. Like, last night is the Nuggets. Yeah, and some somebody asked me this pregame, like, what's what's the sweet spot for Nicole in terms of points? Because I think the Nuggets are zero and two in his two highest scoring yeah. playoff games, um, and and I think our consensus was, you know, thirty five to forty points while still also having the eight to twelve assists. Um, but yeah, like that Michael Porter Jr. start was so crucial just in terms of taking some of the pressure off, you know, because if they if they lose that game last night or they fall behind early, things get, I think, a little tense early. And he was just on an absolute heater out of the gate. Um, and that got the crowd into it. I think that took some pressure off, you know, Jamal, where he doesn't have to try and go head-to-head with Devin Booker in a in a shootout. 
Um, Nicola doesn't have to do everything right out of the gate. Um, so yeah, I think this was this is pretty close to peak Nuggets, where where Joker and Jamal still lead the way scoring wise, but you get valuable contributions from uh, Bruce Brown, Michael Porter Jr. Tyler, how Im- how important is MPJ to their success? Because I feel like in games where he has one, when he goes on a heater for one quarter, they're in great shape. Yeah, and that's really kind of all it takes for just for him to affect the gravity on on the floor and the spacing is just one of those quarters and. I think there's a lot of recency bias in, in sports and analysis and everything. And I think we just kind of remember the fourth quarter, but the points in the first quarter count the same as the points in the fourth quarter. There's no added weight, even if there is, it might feel like that at some point. So though, even though 14 of MPJ's 19 points came in, in the first quarter, I mean, it was still just as important as anybody else's contribution last night I felt just because like like Vinny mentioned it really helped the Nuggets settle in when I think Jokic and Murray at some point in the first quarter were like three for ten from the field combined yeah, they were not and Murray I, Murray finished with 19 in the game and I think he only had two points in the first half so I mean they needed everything every three-pointer that Michael Porter Jr. was making and he was four or five in that first quarter and you know, that can be demoralizing for, for a road team when it's already going to be a challenge facing this Nuggets team that has been a juggernaut at home all season. And then you come out and it's Michael Porter Jr. hitting four first quarter threes. That can that can really be demoralizing, like I said. And I think I, I there was I think at halftime there was I was pretty much leaning uh, toward writing about Michael Porter Jr.'s performance. But I mean, Bruce Brown kind of stole the show there at the end. I ended up writing about him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like Malone mentioned after the game, Michael Porter Jr. had just as much of an impact in that win last night as anybody on the team. Yeah, so you mentioned, you know, you mentioned Jamal Murray, and I, I want to talk to you guys about him because, like you said, two points in the first half. He does facilitate pretty well when he hasn't been shooting well, I've noticed, in this series. Um, except for what game did he get the sticky fingers? That was game three? Three, where, sounds Yeah, right. where he had uh, – we just like, dribbled for 15 seconds every shot clock – um, so, but you know, last night though, when they went on the run, he's right there in the middle of it. He got the tech, which was BS in itself. But, you know, I, I always think that Jamal Murray is so much of the emotional player for the Nuggets. Like they just, he brings something that Nicola doesn't as the team superstar. Yeah. And he mentioned it last night. He was, he, he was talking about, um, you know, just guys he's borrowed from. And he obviously brings up Michael Jordan. And he was talking specifically about like the post footwork and stuff for a guard. But another MJ similarity that kind of stands out to me is like, he would invent beef with his opponent just to yeah. get, him, get him like going to a certain level. And I think that's what we saw um, with Landry Shamet on that three point play where he was just know, mad at him for no reason. He was just mad yeah. at him. He gets in his face and, you know, probably says some not very nice things and gets a technical foul. But Jamal said after the game, like, hey, th- I needed that. That's what kind of got me going. And, and after the game, he can, you know, kind of look back and say, there wasn't really anything there. I just needed a spark. And, and that seemed to get him going. But um, to the point about being more of a complete point guard, we've heard this from other people where, you know, since that knee injury, he's come back with just kind of maybe – a slightly more cerebral game where he's able to to attack teams in different ways. And, and Malone cited it last night post game. Last two games, Jamal's got 13 assists and two turnovers. Um, 
so yeah, and I think that's that's really important for this team, you know, mentioning the the sticky hands in Phoenix, because that that isn't it. That isn't Nuggets basketball that that we I think we've all come to appreciate when they're at their best, the ball's flying around and it's it just, you know, whoever has the best shot gets it. And you know, I think that's been key to Denver's success as a whole the past three, four, five seasons. And, you know, uh, Coach Cal was on the stands also last night watching uh, Jamal and Devin Booker, who both played at Kentucky. So, you know, Tyler, I'm sure Jamal Murray had no problem putting on a little bit of a show for his former coach either. Yeah, I mean, I think, Chris, the point you make is a good one in that Jamal brings that attitude that the Nuggets wouldn't otherwise have without him because that's just not who Nicole is, and that's just kind of what everyone's – slightly come to appreciate about him as well. That's just not how he plays, but Jamal does play that way. He does play with an edge to him. And even if he has no ill will towards Landry Shamit at all, I think he does take it a little bit personal when they put him on him because it's like, well, I mean, this guy should not be covering me. This is a little (laughs) bit disrespectful. So I think he looks at it like a lot of us look at, you know, a Thanksgiving lunch or dinner. It's uh, excited and getting ready to feast is what Jamal Murray sees when he uh, sees Landry Shamit guarding him. And uh, I think it's more of a, you shouldn't be putting someone like this on me than, than him actually having any displeasure with, with Landry. Um, Although him and Devin Booker have been jawing, it seems like at least once a game this series, it's very quiet. They're not like in each other's face, but they're chatting. And I don't think, I think there is a little, um, whether it's like a kind of like a sibling rivalry with both of them being the high profile Kentucky guys or something like that. But uh, I think Jamal wants to prove that even though I, mean, I think we'd all agree that Devin Booker has been tied with Nikola Jokic as the, the co best player of this series. But I think Jamal still wants to have his moments and come out on top, at least at the end of the series with his team. It's crazy to think that Devin Booker was a sixth man at Kentucky and then still got drafted. He played 20 minutes a game. Yeah, he played 20 minutes a game. And he's probably the best player off that Kentucky team. I got because that was the that was when Towns was there. Yeah, Towns, Trey Lyles, Willie Colley Stein. They had a really big uh big roster that year. Yeah. They, I think they played like the three big lineup a lot, and Booker was the odd man out, which is ironic. Looking yeah, back. He, went, he went 13th in that draft, too, which is crazy. All right, so let's move on to game six. And this is how I want to kind of uh Talk about just Nicola's greatness that's been pretty much this whole playoffs. And, and Vinny, I'll ask you first, is game six, could game six be a defining moment for Nikola Jokic? Like, we don't, I think that we can probably agree that Phoenix would not be thrilled to, to try to win in Denver in game seven. I don't think they, I don't think they think they can. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's probably in their head a little bit. Oh, yeah. I'll, go ahead. But all three games in Denver have been very convincing Nuggets wins. Yeah. So, but... Do you? I mean, I'm not saying that you know Phoenix comes out and doesn't try or anything, but this is a chance for the Nuggets to say, "Hey, we're going to win the title this year. We're going to stomp on Phoenix now, and that's going to be led by their superstar." Yeah, and I think I think tomorrow night would is is definitely an opportunity to make a statement because having been there for games three and game four, that place is loud. Those fans are passionate. And I expect that to be ramped up even more tomorrow night, especially in regards to Nicola, given the, the Ishbia incident. Um, You know, I think people are still a little, I think last night went a long way to kind of put water on that fire, but I'm sure Phoenix having lost game five is still, feeling some type of way. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of an emotionally charged environment where he's getting booed every time he touches the ball. Sure. People are going to be saying some not very nice things about him, but you look at the way Nicole has played 
this entire playoffs, but like specifically last three games. Last night, 29-point triple-double. Game before, 53-11 and 11 assists. And then game three in Phoenix, what was it? Like 30 points, 17 and 17 or something? It was, uh, so, yeah, something like that, yeah. I mean, so I, I think Nicole is kind of, he's getting his flowers a bit right now in terms of, um, you know, historical night last night that people are talking about in terms of pass and wilt and, and tying Oscar for second player to have X amount of points, rebounds, and assists in, a, in 10 games of a playoff series. Um, but I think tomorrow night, if he comes out with just that business-like approach and kind of like ruthless, like, I don't care what is going on around me. I am leading this team to a victory tonight. I think that would be a, a really kind of seminal moment in his, you know, professional career so far. So Tyler, I'll ask you though, is tomorrow night, would it be more about Nicola scoring or more about Nicola just cooking and running stuff? Yeah, I think it'll. I think it'll. I think it would. It's only a seven to moan if if he wins. I don't think if he puts up fifty three and another loss. Yeah, I I don't know how because I I don't know how much that will kind of get remembered if the Nuggets come back and you know just win Game Seven convincingly like they have at home, not just in the series but also in the Minnesota series. But I think this postseason has been a really defining couple of weeks so far for Nikola Jokic because I don't think he's. To me, I don't. This is the best he's ever been in the postseason. He was great last season in in the Warrior series, but they lost in five games. Like, like what is that? Not one of those games was close. Yeah, and <laughs> the a year, two years ago, he wasn't very good in the Phoenix series, even though he was really good in the Portland series to will them to to that win when they're shorthanded. And in the bubble, that was that was kind of Jamal's moment where he's kind of leading them to the to the west finals i think that was more of a, a jamal run than a than a jokic run but that's that hasn't been the case this postseason yes jamal especially in round one was playing really well and scoring and doing all the things that we remember from the bubble but this postseason has been about Nikola jokic being the best player in the nba right now and this i think like you guys both mentioned this is a great opportunity for jokic to really win a game that i don't think a lot of people are expecting that much just because of I think it is going to be a really, really uh, hostile crowd there. And just with how the series has gone, the home team has just won. Um, but it would be a really defining moment and an important victory if Jokic is being that conductor and they're able to have a, a convincing win on the road to, to seal out, a, to clinch a series that they really haven't had in this era. All right, so I'll ask you both on game six, and this is just for the Nuggets. Besides Nicola and Jamal Murray, who's the most important player in tomorrow night's game? Vinny? I'm going to go with Contavious Caldwell Pope. Okay. Because uh, last night, I think we saw a little bit more of um, the Nuggets defending Devin Booker the way the Suns have been guarding Jamal Murray, where you're not letting him dribble up the court, walk into, walk into his sets or walk into his shot. It was a little bit more of KCP, um, you know, making sure Devin Booker felt him a little bit not letting him into that early rhythm. And then, you know, if if Nicola starts eating early and they have to, you know, start bringing a double, then then KCP is going to be one of those guys who who might get an open corner three or two after, a, you know, skip pass or, you know, swing, swing. So I think he's a guy who could, who can just kind of 
make life easier on everybody else on the Nuggets. If Devin Booker is is mortal once again, I think KCP has a lot to do with that. And, you know, shots weren't falling last night, but the one shot he made feels like it was a big three, if I remember correctly. Um, I think I think he's, you know, he's got the experience. He shouldn't be shouldn't be shook by anything that goes on tomorrow night. So if yeah, if, if KCP can give him another solid defensive performance and just knock down the open shot, maybe get out and run a little bit offensively, I think that'd go a long way. Tyler, who you got? I'm gonna go with Bruce Brown just because of like what I mentioned earlier. Through the first five games, I don't think the road team has had their bench show up once. And that just might be the key to finally a road team winning in this series, just having just one bench player play pretty well. And I think the obvious candidate is Bruce Brown because I think we all agree he's a starter in this league. And the fact that the Nuggets have six starters as six quality, starter quality players is what makes them so dangerous. Um, so, so I'll take Bruce Brown, and I think his impact – and if he's able to have another night like he did last night offensively where he's getting downhill, getting to the rim, he probably won't get the same foul calls that he did uh, in Denver. But, you know, still, if he's able to – I mean, there was one – I think it was early in the first half or the second quarter, he just kind of blew by Durant for a dunk. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, that was that was kind of like a impressive play by Bruce. So if he's able to come off the bench and, and give him – not even like 25 points like last night. I think if he's able to give him like – between 13 and 17 points and distribute a little bit and continue to make things difficult on the, on Phoenix's guards when he's out there on the defensive end. I think that'll be a go a long way. If Denver is able to win tomorrow night, I'm going to go with Aaron Gordon, but I think it's going to depend on how the game is called. If there's a lot of, uh, if there's a lot of ticky tack stuff in tomorrow's game, Aaron Gordon's going to have three fouls in the first quarter of the way he's been playing Durant. So that, that's a worry, but I think it's going to be Aaron Gordon. Um, you know, real quick before I get your guys' predictions, I've heard a lot of talk about this on other networks that, you know, after Booker and Durant, maybe Phoenix isn't that good. <laughs> what do you guys think? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, all, coming... I mean, Aiton is the biggest $30 million no-show I think anyone's ever seen in a while. Yeah, I was I was I was going there and you know coming in the series thinking back a bit maybe maybe it was just lip service but Nikola Jokic has always been very complimentary of DeAndre Ayton and has al- yeah. always spoken about you know how he feels like he's one of the guys in the league who guards him the best cuz he's big and he's strong and he's still pretty mobile um but man like Maybe he was just trying to bait DeAndre Orton, DeAndre Ayton into some sense of security because that just hasn't gone well for the Suns. And then, yeah, like, yeah, you look down the roster and it's just not, not very encouraging. And I think we've seen uh, Monty Williams kind of he he's made the first adjustment. I think when Andrew Shamit started the second half last night. So I'm curious to see what direction he goes tomorrow night. We don't have a Chris Paul update as of right now in terms of his availability. So I think. I think the Suns are in a spot where they're they're kind of and you know their backs are up against the wall now and they might have to get creative or they might have to change things up, which I think makes you a little bit vulnerable. Tyler, what do you think about that? Yeah, DeAndre has been really bad in the series, and there's no other way around it. And I think it's really been it hasn't been talked about nearly enough, and I think it will be once Phoenix's season is over. It'll be it'll, there'll be some questions about what they do going forward because they really have to rework 
the the pieces around Booker and Durant going forward because they do have you know a two to three year window beyond this season with those guys still being pretty close to the peak of their powers. Um, and you know, they're going to have a big Chris Paul decision in the off season and Aiton as well. I mean, he's just been a no-show in, in this series and yeah, it's, it's been surprising. It was a bit, like Vinny mentioned, it was a big talking point coming in just because, I mean, two years ago, he was pretty good against Jokic in the second round in that, in that sweep. Um, but it just has been the complete opposite in, in this series. And I don't know, maybe they start TJ Warren. I was pretty impressed with him last night and he was really good. Um, in games three and four in Phoenix as well. Maybe, maybe he's the, uh, you know, the fifth starter in there just with he's looked okay on the defensive end. He at least provides some, some shooting gravity out there as well. But yeah, I mean, this Phoenix team is going to look a whole lot different. I think when the playoffs roll around next season. Okay. Let's uh, let's do predictions. Uh, I'm going to go first and I am going to say right now that I think the Nuggets win them all night. I think they go in there and prove that, they are the favorite to win the title, according to the betting apps at this moment. And there's a reason why. And they finally, and I don't know if part of it's going to be that Booker and Durant are just exhausted or or what. But I really think the Nuggets could have done them all night and win this series in six. I said Nuggets in seven at the beginning, but I just, I have a, I don't know. I mean, they're only like, Phoenix is only favored by like two points or something like that. So that's pretty close, you know. So I I just think this is the Nuggets moment to prove to everybody that, you know, hey, we're the favorite for a reason. Vinny, go ahead. What do you got? Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Nuggets get it done tomorrow night as well. I think, you know, games three and four, the Nuggets had a chance in both those games. I think the environment might be ramped up just a little bit, and I'm guessing the whistle might be a little tighter just to – try and ensure that we don't get any of the uh, extracurricular stuff that we've seen in these last two games between these two teams. And, and I'm, sh- and I think that benefits the home team to to some extent, but as long as it's not in real lopsided in terms of the, the total number of fouls that are called, the Suns don't have the depth to really survive foul trouble at this point. And I think we saw a bit of that, or maybe a lot of that last night. Um, so I think there's definitely a way the Nuggets survive this one and yeah, I think I think we'll learn a lot about the team just as a whole tomorrow night in terms of, you know, rest at this point in the season is valuable, you know, and Warriors, Lakers can easily go seven. So any any extra day or two you can get yourself, I think, is really beneficial. Um, and yeah, I think the Nuggets get it done tomorrow night. Tyler, you going to change it up or is it going to be a clean sweep? No, I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Suns. And okay. I, <laughs> I, I just want the record to show that I was the one out of the three of us who picked it 2-2 coming back from you Phoenix. You did. You did. Um, I was even though I didn't feel great about it, I still thought it was going to be two two coming back, and it was. But I'll take Phoenix. I think Devin Booker's got one last great game in him. I mean, this is he's putting on Michael Jordan numbers. He's put this postseason, and I think he's really ascended into that top tier of NBA superstars this postseason. And I don't, I do think the Nuggets are going to win in seven, but um, I think he's got one last game in him where he goes scorched earth and. Uh, Nuggets fans will be tired of him by uh, by the end of tomorrow night, I think. And I, I but I do think Denver will come back Game Seven and, and win convincingly like they just have at home. But yep, one more, one. Well, this this is going to go seven. I, I feel. I will just say that Devin Booker is a tough guy to stomach when you don't root for his team. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm just you know, I, I'm just I'm going to talk and I'm put my fan hat on here real quick when I'm watching the games here at home with like my son or whatever. And I just say, oh my god, I can't stand his face. But we'll just get we'll, we'll, we'll get that out of the way. Like you know, he's always got that weird grin on his face, and 
He's always yapping at the officials. Every play he's yapping at the officials. I mean, that's just the NBA now. But, you know, I can just see I, – I, I really understand why people are like, I can't stand Devin Booker because I don't root for Phoenix. But so let's do a little quick tour, uh, tour around the NBA in general. Uh, we're recording this before Wednesday night's games, which is Heat Knicks and Warriors Lakers. Uh, both series are 3-1. Let's touch on Warriors Lakers real quick. Um, I don't think the Lakers win the night. I think that at least goes six. What do you guys think? I'm with you there. I just Golden State's going to be jazz for that home game tonight. It, and this, you know, this could be the end of their not dy- not I don't dynasty or whatever you want to call it, but their their core being together and you know they they've done too well for too long to let you know a few little skirmishes or whatever divide them I think I think they're going to come back with a really strong punch and I wouldn't be surprised if they you know bow out in six but I just don't think it happens tonight Tyler I actually don't think that series is over and I really think I I really everyone like Chris you mentioned the Nuggets being you know favorites to win the NBA championship right now and I think they're kind of co-favorites with both the with the Sixers and the Lakers as well. The, all three it changes after each game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all three of those teams are hovering around like plus 300 right around yeah. there, depending on which book you look at. But, um, yeah, I really think Golden State could take this to seven. I, I don't think this is going to be a series. I definitely don't think they're going to lose tonight. Um, and I do think there's a chance they win game six in, in L.A. Um, and force the game seven. And it would be pretty poetic after all these years for Golden State – to yep. overcome a 3-1 deficit against LeBron James after the, you know, he and the Cavs famously did that against them uh, back in 2016. So yep. I think that would be pretty poetic and would be fun to watch. Yeah, I was going to bring that up next after you said that. Like, that that would be some some pretty good stuff. Um, Over on the East, uh, Tyler Sixers pulled off a nice uh, win last night in Game 5 to go up 3-2 over Boston. And then the Miami Heat – or. I don't know whatever they, they just i they could win the night i wouldn't be shocked if they win the night and end that series so what do you guys see over in the east uh you know we were talking before we, we started recording about how you know boston was the favorite for a long time and they're just not as impressive in these playoffs as they've been other times Tyler, you go ahead you're the philly guy you can go ahead yeah, I mean, I, I, I've watched every game of that series. Um, I mean, as close as I can. Some of them have been before these Nuggets game that I've been at as well. But, um, yeah, I just – there's no real uh, – like I was saying before we started recording, like I don't think there's a real dominant team in at all across the league this year. And, you know, I was mentioning we did – had our Friday face-off last week where our, myself and our Broncos beat writer Chris Thomason had, you know, the – prompt was who should be the favorite and Chris went with the Nuggets I went with Boston at that point they're up 2-1 and you know they had been there last year but this is just not the same team I don't really trust Joe Missoula at all he seems like a a first-year head coach with a lot of the decisions he's making and this Boston team has just made a lot of weird decisions and thrown away games late even in the regular season so um, I was surprised at how convincing the Sixers win was last night um, and I, I still feel like even if Boston's able to come back in that series and win in seven, that the winner of that series will probably get by the Heat in the East Finals. So um, it, it looks like we're going to get maybe some elite teams in the NBA Finals out of out of either conference, which will be pretty fun. I don't know, man. I can see the Heat making the finals. I don't, I don't know why, man. Every time I watch them, they're just up by ten. I, I they're just ridiculous. And you know, Jimmy Butler is 
amazing. And, you know, I thought about this a long, a long time ago uh, when the Nuggets were rumored to trade for Jimmy Butler way when he was in Chicago. And I was always like, oh, that would be sweet. And I still think that Jim, Jimmy Butler is awesome. Um, all right. So that's probably we probably won't talk until early next week after this series is over. But there is a slim chance that if the Nuggets win tomorrow night and the Lakers win tonight, I think the Western Conference Finals would start Sunday. Maybe. I, th- I think that's what would happen. So if that's the case, we'll preview that series before the weekend. If not, we will talk again probably Monday or Tuesday of next week after this series. And we're either going to be – no, we're going to be looking at the Western Conference Finals. I'll call my shot right now. All right. So, <laughs> Tyler, Vinny, thanks for coming on, and we will talk again soon. Thanks, Chris. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.